We'd be going in shorthanded, you know? Look, he's still got the stones, so... So let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that? Yeah, just like that. Even if there's a, a small chance that we can undo this, I mean, we owe it to everyone who's not in this room to try. If we do this, how do we know it's going to end any differently than it did before? Because before you didn't have me. Hey, new girl, everybody in this room is about that superhero life. And if you don't mind my asking, where the hell have you been all this time? There are a lot of other planets in the universe. And unfortunately, they didn't have you guys. Welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And I. Hello. Hello, Hello. everybody. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. On this rainy day. (laughs) Rainy day in California. Southern California. Yes. And it's about, the storm is coming, Mr. Wayne. Yes. If it hasn't arrived already. 100%. So yeah, we're we're coming off of our big 50th episode. Uh, We had a gigantic rapid fire 50, 57 questions strong. Thanks again, Desmati. Uh, for those um so if you haven't yet listened to that episode backtrack a bit have a little fun listening to a bunch of lots of topics from the mcu and um speaking of mcu goodness have you seen all of these notes that i have here as far as the latest news that have come about my friend some of them not all of them not all of them really yeah so huge news first and foremost a long-standing pillar in the MCU, as we know it, Victoria Alonso has officially left the studio. Like when I saw, when that popped up on my feed, I was like, "What?" Yeah. Like that's, that's tremendous. Huge. That is yeah. very huge news. She came. She was part of the game as far back as before yeah. Iron Man. So what that means? I don't know. I, I mean, she was head of physical um, VFX and everything. Yeah. So, and then didn't she graduate to another role? Something or? like that. And yeah. I also read a story about like after she had left, some VFX artists like came forward, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of been like, were like, like they were afraid of her. Like if you like. Really? <laughs> yeah. No way. Like if you did good, she'll send you the work. But if you got on her bad side, she pretty oh. much. Yeah. Blacklist you, oh. but that's just all allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. That's yeah. the key word. But uh, interesting. I don't know. So it'll be definitely interesting. Yeah. And who either comes in and replaces her or where they go. Yeah. Whatever she was overseeing. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I have no concept. I have no concept of like yeah. what all films she was a part of. Was she just a part of all of them? And like where does her I tenure she, end too? I read that it was like her and kevin that um yeah kind of gave final approval on vfx shots wow. which is kind of a a heavy heavy task and that really should be left to strictly the head creatives on that project i'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second do you think this is anything to do with quantum mania <laughs> i think it has to do with just the last two years yeah of like how the VFX has gotten mm-hmm. uh, criticized mm. and how, you know, it's uh, timelines are too short for VFX, but Marvel expects them to be done at, in this certain time. But mm-hmm. that's that's too short of a time to do because VFX takes a long time. It's, yeah, 
it is a very, very, very heavy, heavy and long process in the post-production stage. So yeah. shout out to VFX artists because yeah, it is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just an accumulation of all that sure. negative criticism. And then yeah. it was just kind of like, she was like, I'm just going to step down Wow. because if you, if you guys, if you don't like how I run things and I'm just going to leave. Type sure. Of thing. Yay, I don't babe. know. That was just me. So we'll see. I mean, because, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. And, yeah, again, uh, I don't know where her last work ends. So whether or not that's the rest of the phase or whatever's uh, left. Like, if like is, when is her credits going to stop? Yeah, when do the <laughs> credits officially end? That'll be very interesting. Um, but I guess we'll find out sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, in lighter news, congrats to Ruth Carter. Um, she is a woman of many talents, especially when it comes to costuming our favorite heroes. And she won an Academy Award for Best Costume Design at the Oscars not too long ago uh, for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And this is, I didn't realize that this was the fourth win for the MCU at the Academy Awards. Oh, wow. But they're all from Black Panther. Love it. <laughs> Which is Love like, oh, just if, if, if she had just won, if, she, if, if our lady, our big Queen Ramonda oh. had just won... That lead actress one that would have been incredible. I get why she didn't. I totally do. It's Angela Bassett. I get. Was it, it lead or was it supporting? Oh, sorry, it, it supporting. supporting. Yeah, like if she had just gone. Oh man. I think she deserved it. I think she deserved it too. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. But big wins all around. Yes, it's all good. Um, another win. Officially, Captain America: New World Order has begun filming. As of, I don't know if it's today or if it was yesterday. This week, yeah. Yeah, but they've officially started wow. filming. There's photos of Anthony Mackie. You're all up around. in the, the leaking news now. Dude, huh, I like, it's that Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Twitter feed because I, I saw the picture a couple of times and I was like. Yeah, same. And I thought it was from Falcon and the Winter Soldier because that show has officially, it's, it's celebrating its first anniversary. Yes. And so I was like, oh, it's a throwback. And then I actually read what the caption says and I was like, ah. Oh, that's a new picture. And so it's it's Sam and he's standing what appears to be the dock in, in Louisiana. I hate that I've seen it, but it's not too you bad. You know what else I can also add to that? What? New Daredevil photos of yes, Sponsor. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, well, I, had, I, had to, I had to get up on that one. Of young Maddie Murdoch. <laughs> Maddie Murdoch. On the streets of New York. Yes. So. With his crimson glasses. Yes. Probably the the most comic accurate to date, I think. Yes. Um, very, very excited. So, yeah. It's all unavoidable. At this I point. know. Uh, Dies in it. She's in, no. the, she's in the set photo leak train. And speaking of, like James Gunn straight up said was like, oh, yeah, avoid, avoid the social media. Because it's going to open in China first. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm like, well. Guess I'm not going to be on my I'm, social media. I'm always just like, whenever I log on Twitter, it's always just like, well, Jesus is going to take the wheel on this finger. He's exactly. just gonna, I can't. I, and, then I, and then I have to like pause and I'm like, do I want to wa- see this? Then I'll keep scrolling. Yeah. But there's times I'll be like, ooh, and I'll click the link. And I'm like, well, I seen it. Yeah, man. Dude, like I and I was talking to a friend about this because we're big Guardians fans. Yeah. And I and I just said to him, I was like, and his name is Peter. I was like, Peter. I still have PTSD from Guardians Volume 2. And we both did because we were very good about not looking at spoilers. It's cool. It's fine. It'll be out in 24 hours. And so Europe had gotten it a day before. Of course. And we got spoiled because somebody put in their like username field. Uh They put 
he squashed my Walkman or something. And I was like, oh my God, his Walkman breaks. <laughs> oh my God. And that then, was your spoiler. Yeah. And then I watched the movie and I was like, oh my God, his Walkman does break. And it's because it's stupid person. Changes. <laughs> he broke my Walkman. He, squished my Walkman. Wow. I was like, are you kidding me? That's hilarious. <laughs> of all things. So I'm sure I'm not safe. I'm going to tra- take all the precautions and yeah. see what I can do. But I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping I won't get super spoiled on that one unless you know we see the movie early. <coughs> so. If anyone wants to, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Um, and I guess you know that that that's the, the the rest of the news. But as the last few episodes have prevailed, stay tuned for this episode's giveaway, which includes a couple of our new decal stickers um, that. Generally, Patreon members are are only getting. So not only will you get that, but you'll get this adorable chibi Hulkbuster pin from Avengers Campus, as well as I had to go digging. I had to go digging in my stuff because I was like, I know I have something Captain Marvel. (laughs) I I don't have that much and I didn't have anything that I was was getting rid of. There was no Captain Marvel. Yeah. But I was like, I remember I got this promo um a very cool promo in fact i don't think i've ever seen it anywhere and so this i met this girl in at san diego comic-con a couple of years ago maybe four and um she was a, a flight attendant for singapore airlines okay and she gave me um one of these promos that they had she was like oh we had these for the movie here you can have one too oh wow like, oh cool and so i don't know it's like a pocket zipper thing but it's really cool very rare um yeah, and, and I hope it goes to a really uh, big Captain Marvel fan because I'm I'm more than willing to part with it. So if you'd like to win that, and uh, we'll post pictures of it on social, please stay tuned and listen for the keyword key phrase later in the episode. Woo! And that said, a reminder that we're not experts and we don't claim to be. We're just a couple of nerds nerding out. That all said, welcome to our character study on the one and only... Carol Danvers. Higher, further, faster, baby. <laughs> what if that was the keyword? I'd be like, well, DM us with Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel, baby. Uh, so we'll dive right in. Created by Roy Thomas and Gene Colan. Those names have floated around in a few episodes. Um, so uh, they might sound familiar to some folks. Um, so for her first appearance... This one is probably one of the more complicated ones because okay. it's it's a multi-level first appearance. Like she's got a tier, like several tiers of first appearances. Oh. And so Carol has a first appearance. Captain Marvel has a first oh. appearance. And so Carol has gone through the books and we've discussed this very briefly in our Kamala Khan episode. Uh-huh. Carol was the original Ms. Marvel. That's right. So Ms. Marvel precedes Captain Marvel, but she's not. She's just Carol Danvers at first. So it's a lot of that. All right, guys. New <laughs> n- new thing. To get. How many times will we say the word Marvel? <laughs> new drinking in game. This? <laughs> Every time we say Marvel, you have to do a half a shot of something nearby <laughs> you. Or do a push-up. <laughs> Whatever you choose. You, you can choose to be fit or you can choose to be drunk. Whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. So to kick that off, um, yeah, the, this we're going to talk about 
the below uh, based on Carol Danvers's first appearance in Marvel Superheroes number 13, which features Captain Marvel, but not the Captain Marvel we know. Um, and this was dated March 1968. And so do you want to give a guess of the cover price cost of a comic from 1968? 60 cents. Close. No Damn. cigar. 25 cents. Ah! <laughs> so here's the cover. Uh, that is the Captain Marvel that we're not going to talk too much about, but it's it's oh. it's a familiar Captain Marvel who is named Marvel. Uh, it gets a little, little <laughs> gets right. a little complicated. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the comic started at 25 cents, but at its highest on short box, a CGC graded. 8.0, which is pretty darn good for 1968, goes for about $750. Pain. <laughs> and on eBay, uh, I, this is, this is kind of wild. Because again, 8.0, jumping to a 9.4, which is a full grade tier. Yeah. It's half grade, it's half a point away from being like mint. Goes for about $5,342.01. <laughs> Good lord. But again, this is like, again, this is eBay sellers versus short yeah, box yeah, collectors. Yeah. Sure, uh, sure. It's a little sketch, but yeah, so there are two varying prices as far as that's concerned. Um, the lowest on short box is a CGC 3.0, kind of terrible shape, for a cool $291. And if you want to go even lower, <laughs> A 2.0. Whoa. Yeah, it's got to be missing a page or something. Like, it's, it's I mean, pretty bad. It's had to have gone through the ringer. Or yeah, something. for sure. Uh, 2.0 for 99 bucks. So, if you just want it to have it. Hey, 99 bucks from 25 cents. That's a, that's a I jump. Mean, that's a jump. That's a jump for sure. Uh, so, yeah, you can get you one of those. Or if you just want to get a loosey goosey, if you find a dealer that has the book and it's pretty fair condition, you can get it for about 80 bucks. So, do as you will. Um, I don't have any, any trading cards for this particular character. I was rummaging through my folders before we started recording, but more importantly, what was your first exposure to the character? When Brie got announced at Comic-Con. Really? For that was sure. first. You were like, yeah. no idea. Because I, I, I am, a, I'm a huge Brie Larson fan, you know, from all sure. her, like, her, like, like roles you didn't know that she was playing and stuff. Was it, correct me if I'm wrong, but was she, was she in 13 going on 30 with Jennifer Garner? But she was one of the kids. Yes. She I, was, right? I think so. I think she was too. I'm going to have to fact check, but I, I think I remember watching an interview of saying, yeah. like, oh, she was there. Yeah. yeah. Is she a Disney kid? No. no. I don't believe so. Oh, okay. um, But yeah, like, you know, her from Scott Pilgrim versus the world and stuff. She's in there. That's right. She's the drummer. Yeah. And she yeah. sings. She has the, the, the song and everything. Yeah. So I, I know love from her like, the- all those, like, you know, yeah. like smaller roles. Um, I've always been a fan, and so yeah. I, when I saw it co- watching Comic Con, I think right. Yep. And she got announced as uh, Captain Marvel. Yep. You're like, ooh, okay. Yeah, man. I'm excited. That's when we got that sick hat. I think it was the Marvel Studios. Yeah, hat. I think that was like 2016 co- Comic Con, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe possibly. It could be 2016 right. or 2017. That yeah. was when everybody was there. Like yeah. a, that was like a, that the was a good. That was a good. It was a good year. It was I a think- good. It was a good Comic Con Marvel <laughs> Hall H year. That could have been the year that I snuck into Hall H. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, it was worth it. <laughs> um, especially for that outcome. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, definitely X-Men Roots. We're probably going to talk about that. But yeah, I was definitely 
a Mar- uh, an X-Men kid growing up. And so, yeah. you know, like for those of you who, who haven't been part of our discussions in earlier uh, episodes, uh, yeah, it was always kind of like, okay, well, if I have to pick a side and it's going to be X-Men or Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel, for that matter, versus Rogue, who's going to be? And mm-hmm. I'm like, Rogue? <laughs> and so she'd always been kind of like, not a bad guy, but I wasn't rooting for her. And that started as far back as the 90s easily because mm-hmm. she was in a major episode in the anime, X-Men animated series where they do they do talk about Rogue's um, origin story and she's a big part of that episode. She's like at least in, I would say, 30, 40% of it. So that's that's more or less how we got to know the character. Got it. Yeah. And so um, I was able to pull up one of my digital cards on, on Carol. So the one-on-one on Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give you her stats here, which are pretty funny. Uh, her height, 5'11", weight, 165, place of origin, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, she's a mass hole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> powers, energy blast, fight, flight in space, binary powers, superhuman strength. And then... The blurb says, after an alien device mutated her DNA, Danvers transformed from a nearly brilliant pilot into one of the most powerful superheroes in the universe. Now soaring among the stars, Carol Danvers is known as Captain Marvel. So that's a relatively modern take on her. Yeah. You're going to hear some bizarre like stuff coming up. I can't wait for your reactions just because it's so strange. But with that, we'll get into... Carol Susan Jane Danvers. So like I mentioned, she starts out, her first uh, appearance starts out as merely Carol Danvers. She's a beautiful blonde and she's in a pencil skirt and she's um, on site at Cape Kennedy of all places. And so when we first meet her, she's security chief, as they say it. She's basically chief of security is the proper way to say it, I guess. Yeah. Um, where sometimes they even regard her as a consultant. And so she's telling people what to do and she's part of this, you know, missile base. And a giant robot, which was the robot on this, the cover of the uh-huh. issue, the Sentry, yeah. came down from space. They're not sure why. They're not sure what the heck it is. But a key reminder that, hey, this is the other Captain Marvel we're talking about. Uh. So this giant robot thing came to earth on a mission to destroy marvell yes and so it was put it it was more or less in stasis and it wasn't activated and so carol was like i'm trying to figure out i don't understand what that is this is this huge story with marvell and he's posing as a doctor name with the last name lawson Ah. Yeah, I know you're putting it together already. You see where this is going. So, for those who don't, who aren't quick on the uptake, Marvell is Dr. Lawson, who is Annette Benning's character in Captain Marvel. So they've flipped the switch, they've they've script, they've they've gender swapped the character. Got it. And so that that this character in the comics also becomes similarly to the film, like Carol's friend and confidant yes. and you know someone she looks up to so so um the issue goes about as expected you know like eventually the robot wakes up and then they find out oh you know marvell's uh enemy or rival yon rog 
<laughs> has sent the robot to come kill him because, you know, as as you as you would expect between in, you know two dueling superheroes, a classic trope is that that the squabble doesn't exist just because they're both powerful beings, but also there's a woman. There's a woman involved, and uh, so of course, yeah, and of course, a reminder: Yon Rog is Jude Law's character in the film. Yes, so Yon Rog is like, oh, you know, I hate Marvel. I'm going to kill him. Let me send the Sentry down to Earth, where he is at this moment, <laughs> and try to kill him. And it doesn't. It goes sideways. Uh, this this whole thing kind of leaves Carol at a dead end in her career, at least when it comes to security. And she's not as enthused. She's not as good at her job. And she's like, you know, I'm going to leave that behind. I'm going to become a writer, become a journalist, because I'm good at that. I don't know how that correlates. <laughs> it was so it was so left field when I was revisiting these issues. I was like, that seems strange. Uh huh. I'm a chief of security for Cape Kennedy, but you know what? I'm going to go, go into back to journalism. journalism. It's it's so bizarre. Hey, if it's a hobby, it's a hobby. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. And so. That said, it isn't until Ms. Marvel number two that was released in February 1977 that you actually get to see her become Ms. Marvel. And so she inevitably gets her own title. It's called Ms. Marvel. The entire issue goes through the course of this superhero, and it even introduces J. Jonah Jameson, Mary Jane is there, Peter Parker is there. And, and this is all because Carol Danvers is a journalist. But they have to, this new superhero has been running around, flying around. Nobody knows who her identity is. <laughs> but she's known as Ms. Marvel and she of course. kicks butts and sure, takes yeah. names. You know, like she's, oh, who could it be? And they're never in the same room. Carol and Ms. Marvel are it's never like in the same Superman, room. Superman, Clark Kent thing going 100%, on. A hundred percent. But even Carol herself seems to not know. She has no idea. She's like, oh, I'd love to get a story on this. The superhero. And J. Jonah Jameson offers her a job. He's like, well, you can't work for the Bugle. I'm going to put a new magazine out it's called The Woman. And you're going to be the chief editor. Jeez. <laughs> Woman. Yeah, I was like, okay. ah. <laughs> okay, this is the 60s. And so, um, so yeah, so so Carol's left to write for, for Woman magazine okay. at, the, at the Bugle. And so... Mary Jane is there because I feel like they needed a sort of like another female character to help like push her a bit. Okay. And so she's there always visiting Peter, but for some <laughs> reason, Peter's always busy. Can't imagine why. <laughs> so she and Carol become really good friends. And so, so like I said, you know, it's not until this, the second issue of this, this book that they actually show you unravel and, and, and unravel the, the uh, origin story for mm -hmm. the character. And so, what happens is is that when when Marvel is uh, is attempting to get away from Yonrog and they're having a battle, blah 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 blah. There's this Kree device. So the Kree, we've been introduced to the Kree a few times by now. Yeah. Ronan the Accuser is a Kree. Yeah. If you've played the Guardians of the Galaxy game, that whole thing takes place. Placing, yeah. Hundred percent with Kree and Onhala, which is also introduced in the Captain Marvel movie. And so uh, this this device known as the Psyche Magnetron. <laughs> Here we go again with these weird words. They just, they're just, they're just adding putting work. together. Yeah. yeah. And so this 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 magnetron device 
explodes and it's got like a, a certain cre uh, radiation property inside of it. And so when it explodes, Marvell is attempting to shield Carol from the impact, but it does no good. It's it's pure energy. And so it not only further irradiates him, but for some reason, the, the power going through him and into Carol essentially mutates her DNA. Mm. So it's at that point that Carol becomes Cree-human hybrid. Ah. And so she's irradiated by this device, and then she is empowered with this new cosmic energy. But, like I said, she doesn't realize that it's her. So Uh she'll have these... (laughs) Leading up to the second issue, she just constantly has these blackouts she's like oh i'm faint and then then she goes and saves the world and then she just like she'll i don't have a screenshot of it here but she'll legitimately like there's a point where a colleague of her a human a human colleague of carol's comes in and is like oh i heard you weren't feeling great you know are you good and she's like oh i'm fine and then she starts having a spell and she literally faints in his arms and he's like carol carol are you okay and then she transforms into Ms. Marvel in front of his eyes. Like her hair's a little shorter yeah, and yeah. she's donning a different suit. And then she just walks away and jumps out the window and flies off and like has no... Oh, so it's like two different personalities two different people. for her. Or yeah. people for her, yeah. Yeah, and so it, she doesn't come to realize that she's both until a bit later, which is kind of interesting. It's so like a whole Moon Knight situation. Yeah, almost, right? <laughs> like she's got another personality in there. And so, yeah, it's it's very it's a very interesting take and origin for that character, especially knowing how she is now. Because in the comics now, she is definitely that person on the screen. She's very much that character, which I think even though she, the character itself is not one of my favorites, and that film isn't one of my favorites, I will hands down defend Brie Larson because she nails it. She, she nails, nails like it. The, uh, yeah, she's totally 100% got this character down. And so um, so the Captain Marvel that we do know actually doesn't appear until much, much, much later. And that's in Avenging Spider-Man number nine, July 2012. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. It's a good 60 years. Yeah. Um, and so she had gone through these iterations. We'll talk about it a little later when we get to the aesthetics and costumes, but yeah, it, it didn't, uh, it wasn't, and they kind of dropped, dropped it cold on us too. Oh, really? Um, let me show you. So this is the cover of Ms. Marvel number one, and this suit is not what you're used to. Oh my gosh. But you'll see, you see, <laughs> I love that that's your immediate response. <laughs> and it's just me. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't, right? It doesn't. It's and it's it's the wildest part is that in an, in one of the panels, oh my gosh, read this, okay? So here so this I forgot who what the guy's name is, but he's he's basically telling his colleagues, which by the way are AIM soldier AIM dudes, the AIM, AIM dudes. dudes, the guys that look like the beekeepers from WandaVision or anything. Yeah. And so He's our, you know, the the main guy is like, you know, like, oh, this is Captain Marvel, blah blah blah. And then the aim guy says, Jeff, I want you to read this. <laughs> in any that that, oh, in any yeah. event, we do want her alive, so she can explain the design of this costume she wears. <laughs> yeah, it like logistically like doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 
Outwardly, it says outwardly, it appears purely ornamentational. Yeah. And so just doesn't make any sense. So even even in the comic, they're like, okay, so she's got a midriff. Yeah. Her legs are exposed. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sense. make any like and sense then, for any hero. Right. And then they they like they played it off and they were like, oh, but we did a, a rex x-ray and we see that it's made of electronic electromagnetic fields and blah 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 but it's it, you know historically for again for female characters it's yeah, just really sad just, it's bleak yeah it's bleak and so <laughs> they uh you know again we didn't get the, the captain marvel that we know now or are most are familiar with until 2012 and so this issue came back and so it came out and you know spider-man is one of those characters where they will release all these you know adjective verbs in front of his name and so he's been the amazing spider-man sensational radioactive what not have you and in this one he happened to be avenging spider-man and so it was primarily and at large drawn by terry dodson who used to be one of my favorites and so they just dropped cold turkey like boom here is captain marvel in a new suit there we go yeah (laughs) and um much more, much not nearly as ornamental. Definitely more functional and, and yeah. more. Uh, it, she's covered head to toe. Again, it looks just like the one in the movies, so you don't really need a reference. But that was it. And so from then on, there, the last ten years, she's been that Captain Marvel. Love it. Love it. And so before we get into the film discussion, um, just a reminder that Captain Marvel. And we've talked about the DC versus the the, the Marvel stuff a bit where they have complementary characters. But Captain Marvel is also quite literally the pseudonym of Shazam. So Shazam's real name is Captain Marvel. Oh my gosh. But they don't use it for obvious, obvious reasons. reasons. And so back in the day... One of the the cross, you know, they used to be more friendly about crossovers, and they used to go willy nilly and have Batman versus Spider Man and stuff like that. And so they used to have callbacks to one another when it came to Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, and Shazam. <laughs> Definitely never going to see that again. But it was fun while it happened. So, you know, if you if you go back a few decades and and look back to those issues, you'll see Marvel and Captain Marvel poking fun a little bit at. At, at Billy Batson and all them. But when it comes to Carol Danvers in the MCU, portrayed by Brie Larson and as a young girl by McKenna Grace and London Fuller, uh, we last saw her, we first saw her in 2019's Captain Marvel, directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, with music from Pinar Toprak. And so this was the, it's worth noting that this was the first Marvel fanfare that they actually changed because mm-hmm. it was just after Stanley had passed away. Uh-huh. So that was the one that they, I think the only one they've ever changed after that is the one for Chadwick Boseman. That's right. The rest, they've just kind of added the characters as they go along. But yes. This Captain Marvel featured the first one with like straight up 100% Stanley, which was really cool. Um, so I hadn't seen the film since it first came out. Until, oh, wow, really? Until a Disney couple Plus? days ago. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, we last saw the character in 2022's Ms. Marvel. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about MCU Carol for, for a bit. Let's do it. <laughs> so were you super stoked when she got the role? Were you like, yeah, I mean, heck yeah. I mean, I think that was also a point. Yeah, I was just like super obsessed with the MCU. Still am. Did you see Room with, with 
because she won or was nominated for she yes. won right yeah I think yeah. she won or yeah or nominated yeah. Uh, I think I have. I don't think way I've seen it back, yeah. or maybe I haven't. And I just think so because I just it's maybe it's always playing on like cable television, and yeah. maybe I switch it on. For I've a heard bit. she's exceptional. Yes, in it. I heard yeah. it. I heard she is too. Um, I've always thought she's a great actor. Like mm. I think of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I'm like, yeah, she's <laughs> she's great. That is genuinely one of the best comic book adaptations, or just like fun films. Yeah. I think I think it's very underrated. Does she play? Doesn't she play Gord- Joseph Gordon-Levitt's sister in um, that movie he did with, um, with, with Scarlett Johansson? Oh, with Scarlett. Oh, what is that called? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I haven't I, seen that movie. I've yeah, only seen it's, clips it's like from the, it's it. It's like the first one that he's like written and directed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen some interesting clips from that film. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, I think she's in that movie. Oh, Don John. Yes. Don John. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think she plays. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, she plays uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's sister. Oh, funny. Uh, so I remember seeing that. <laughs> She's great. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I like Brie Larson. And obviously when I saw the movie, this was coming from me who doesn't really know how she is in the comics, at least her character. Like, yeah. No clue, but I know that she has, you know, the, re- the red and blue mm-hmm. star, all that, you know, yeah. all that spiel. Yeah, because um, like a huge, I remember like a gigantic talking point. And it was also because the film dropped at that particular year too. I feel like it, there was this turn in pop culture where, yeah, it was a thing where men would be like, oh, you should smile more. Yes. Like I've heard this. I've heard this as recent as last year. Yeah. And I'm like, can you, I'm not, I'm not smiling because it's not for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so when people, when that became a talking point, when it came to Captain Marvel and how, oh, she's not smiling in any of the movie posters, it's like, okay, well, Captain America isn't either. And yeah. so to, to actually have a character like this, who that is very, it wasn't like a woke thing. It was, that's how the character is. Is, yeah. She's not around to please anybody. I remember when I saw the movie, I, I seen it. And I think I remember texting you mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, have you seen it yet? And you were like, yes. And I was like, is Brie playing the character? Like, is this how, is this how Captain Marvel, is this how Captain Marvel, um, Carol Danvers is supposed to be mm-hmm. like her demeanor? Yeah. And, you, and you were like a hundred percent. Yeah. She nailed it. And I was she like, nailed it. cool. Then yeah, yeah, it's a good book. Vo- it's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the, you know, not to, not to overlook the fact that the story was co-written by Nicole Perl- Perlman whose other notable work in the MCU is none other than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Um, so a lot of the gal- galactical elements, like even the portals are all the same. They're consistent with Guardians because Nicole Perlman is to thank for that. And so, um, but yeah, when it comes to Carol, uh, yeah, again, I think they did a very good job in m- muting her, at least especially for this this version of the character, because... I guess it's their version and their resolve too. the 60s version who was like I said, she was fainting every five seconds. Like, how do you how do you translate something like that and cut out cut out the probability of her having to faint to become Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel? Right. Like, how do you get past that and make a better dialogue, a stronger dialogue of who the superhero is and how she came to be and why? things recur for her in a certain way. And so I think they um, did a very good job of retelling the story 
in a way that made sense not only for the MCU but also as a modern story. Yes. Not so much a 1960s sure. like, yeah. trope, you know? And so, uh, quick recap, the year is 1995 uh, when the movie takes place and we're almost immediately introduced to Verse. Viz. <laughs> Viz. I know it's Viz. funny because like... Can you read me Viz? <laughs> the way that Jude Law says it is different <laughs> from how everybody else says it. And I'd like for... I swear to you, like watching the film, I was like, how would I... I would say Verse, right? But they didn't want to hit Verse because it's like Dan Verse, right? And he's like, Viz. 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 Suit up, Viz. <laughs> fight, fight me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so Verse is a member of Star Force. And, uh, of course, there are scrolls, as scrolls uh, would be in, in such a galactic film. And, yeah, they, we'll talk about them in a, in a bit, too. But um, timeline-wise, because I know how important timeline is to many people, um, so Vers or Carol, died in the plane crash in 1989. Yeah. And then came back as Captain Marvel in 1995, and then that's where the movie takes place, which is kind of wild to think about because I think people forget sometimes. Like, sure, it's 90s, right? But then you're like, it's 2025 in the MCU In the right MCU. Now. And so you think Carol has been... So she, that was 30 years ago. Yeah. My gosh. And then you backtrack even more. She died six years before that. So it's 36. When did she... How old was she when she died? Say 30. So... Carol Danvers is supposed to be in her 60s, 70s. She old is hell. <laughs> she old in the inside. But the Tesseract keeps her young. <laughs> exactly. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. The cosmic energy is what keeps her young. So, so yeah. Um, it's interesting when, you know, again, when the movie opens and you're almost immediately thrown in. And I, I tell you, I couldn't, I don't know why when I saw it, when it first came out, I saw it back to back. I saw it first because I got an invite uh-huh. for an early screening. And then I saw it again for opening day. Yeah. And I didn't love it. Like, I, I thought it was fun, but I didn't love it. And there, I don't know what it was. And I've said this before that I almost felt like it was two different stories being forced together uh-huh. because there were two directors. But watching it again in retrospect was so much better. Nice. And I don't know why. <laughs> Like, I don't know why. It's not like they changed anything. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason in my brain, it just clicks a lot better than it did back in the day. I sure. don't know. Maybe my brain was like trying to force. Like, I was like, oh, you've put me in a certain time frame. Now I have to go back in the 90s. Sure. Like, maybe that's why. But Maybe. I don't know. But it, it did resonate a lot better. Like, I guess the easiest comparison would be that Black Widow, for me, it was easy to go back and then back to the future that's fair yeah whereas captain marvel i found it was so hard but maybe, maybe yeah maybe it was like drawing because of the time maybe the time period of it but yeah um yeah so so that the film uh so it takes place on hala which you know we're almost thrown into like in the first minute less than a minute and it it's interesting in retrospect especially because of playing the Guardians of the Galaxy game yeah. where a large part of it does take place on Hala and involves the Kree. And so I think that's another thing, you know, like having been with this other outer realm of characters that they still haven't really gone that deep into. 
and being introduced to the Kree further and being like, oh, Ronin's in this film. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's what throws, right? that threw people off too yeah. because Ronin died. Yeah. And so there's all these elements that you're, you're like slowly threading together. Like, okay, I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar with that. And so, um, and then to only propel further into the future and the present really yeah. with, with Infinity War, Endgame and, and Ms. Marvel. Um, but yeah, again, we're going to talk about a lot of this, so I hope, I hope you can hang with me here, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have a pop quiz for you. Great. I can't wait to fail. (laughs) I believe in you. So, so I mentioned earlier that Carol, she's gone through a lot of names, a ton of names. Uh Uh-huh. In the comics, this is in the comics, of the following, which was not one of Carol's code names, was it... Warbird, Ms. Marvel, kind of give that one away. <laughs> no. Rogue, <laughs> Rogue uh-huh. or Binary. So which one was not? Was not. Warbird, yep. Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. Rogue, and Binary. Yeah. Such vague, like just <laughs> random words. I promise they, they make sense eventually. Oh, Rogue. <laughs> Binary yeah. Warbird. Yeah. I'm I'm leaning towards either rogue or binary. Okay. So I'm gonna go with binary. Was not. Was not. Jeff. That's incorrect. Oh my god. <laughs> it's Warbird, isn't it? I thought it? it was too easy. Rogue. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Rogue was actually not one of her original code names. Yeah, no, believe it or not, Warbird, uh, you know, Carol has gone by Warbird, Ms. Marvel. Maybe I got into Barton my head Warbird. a little too much. Uh, a little bit. Um, That's kind of ironic considering the story that you'll you'll find out between Rogue and Carol. Um so again, you know, going back, so her first appearance as Ms. Marvel was Ms. Marvel number one, January 1977. Her first appearance as Binary was in the Uncanny X-Men number 164 in December 1982. And then she made her debut as Warbird in the Avengers number four in May 1998. So basically she has a new (laughs) pseudonym and codename with almost every decade, but she jumps from Ms. Marvel to Captain Marvel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, maturing with the character as we know it. And so from there, we're going to jump into powers and paraphernalia. Um, <laughs> what you see is what you get with Carol, let me tell you. So she, again, she was a normal human being before she got struck with the uh, the cosmic energy. And so uh, once she she was irradiated, she, uh, she uh, gained flight, enhanced physiology, which includes superhuman strength, durability, stamina, agility, and reflexes. Then on top of that, she's got the healing, energy absorption, and manipulation, including photon blasts, a binary form, energy duplication, and self-sustenance. So she's basically immortal, and she's basically, I don't even know what the word would be for that. Like she's omnipotent. Unstoppable. Unstoppable, (laughs) truly. (laughs) Um, And of course, as we come to know, Carol is powered by the Tesseract, or better yet, the Space Stone in the MCU. Um, And, you know, they make note, she's got all the, she's pretty much got all the stuff in the comic books. Yeah. Um, They did mention the photon blasts quite a bit. I think, I think Kamala even says it. 
Oh, she says it in the Disney Wish thing. She's oh. like, did you see Captain Marvel? And Sam, she talks to Sam in the, in the Disney Wish, like, short. Oh, okay, yeah. She's like, did she go binary? And then Sam's like, what? Like, what are you <laughs> and talking so, about? Yeah, and so even Kamala knows. Um, and so go binary is, is Carol's ability to physically tap into the primal forces of a white hole the very fabric of the universe. And so as such, her body manifested properties similar to those of stars, which is like the whole cosmic energy. She's got the space stone in her, etc., etc. The On the binary costume, she's got two stars up here uh-huh. on her shoulder. Yeah. And so that's representational of the binary and the white hole theory. Okay. And so I wanted to go into that very quickly. I promise there's only so much science in this one. <laughs> so what is a white hole? Are you familiar with this at all? Because I black hole, everybody knows. Yeah. White hole? Never heard of it. So it's basically the inverted. So according to space.com, white holes are theoretical cosmic regions that function in the opposite way of black holes. So the black holes are like, they suck everything in, everything disappears. Yeah. And so the white hole is that just as nothing can escape a black hole, nothing can enter the white hole. Ah. So white holes were long thought to be a figment of general relativity born from the same equations of their collapsed star brethren, black holes. So it's almost like <laughs> you can't put anything into it. It is what it is. And you can't take anything out, if that makes any sense. Well, what's in there in the first place if nothing can enter? Right. So it's like this pure cosmic energy where nothing can be added, but nothing can be depleted. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like it's like a it's like a bouncer. I can't sure. don't won't let anybody in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got club jokes in here. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So been there. <laughs> so yeah, so it's one of those. It's one of those um, things like that go binary when she goes binary it's just like pure energy energy yeah it's i don't know it's 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 wild it's a big thought yeah and so of course beyond that carol is a master pilot and combatant with scientific knowledge as well and she's also a writer as we mentioned so i didn't realize this until um i did my homework but she's penned a best-selling book with her journalism experience of course she has (laughs) and she apparently did it in the mcu too well, actually, that one wasn't written. I think it might not have been written by her, but somebody did uh, a deep dive in Ms. Marvel. And so uh, when she, when Kamala goes to AvengerCon, Carol's book or a book about Carol uh, is on display in uh, the convention. I was like, oh my goodness, that's a deep dive. I was like, wow. Did um, her, her and Ant-Man do a book together? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they, they're all writing books now. Um, and she's also an experienced spy. And so by proxy, she's multilingual. So basically, she's perfect. So that's Carol, pretty much. And so I know it's very quick. And it's not, I mean, this is, you know what? This isn't really a pop quiz, but I'm going to ask anyway, because I feel like your knowledge is incredible. Uh. Now, (laughs) in MCU movie release order, what number is Captain Marvel? Oh, like, like, where does it like stand on the timeline? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's te- I think it's technically number. See, I knew you would you would have an inkling as to what this is. I'm I'm pretty sure it's technically number two. No, not chronological. Oh, release. Release. Mm-hmm. Oh, like number. Mm-hmm. Oh, like whether it's like fifteen, sixteen, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God damn it! 
Uh, we're going to be the other question because it's for sure number two in the timeline. Yeah, because that, it's you're after, definitely right. It's yeah. for sure after the first adventure. Yeah, 100%. Oh, my God. Okay. How many moves? See, now I have to do this. You're going to go through it? Uh, uh, <laughs> I almost considered not asking because I knew you were going to have to go through the entire line. But I, I felt I, like you would get there. I mean, I don't know the exact, like, I mean, I know, like, what, what, what movies when they were released, but the number of movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a shot. We're starting from 09, Iron Man coming out. And then about two movies per year going up to like one, two, three, five. Because Captain Marvel came out in 2019. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So, so it's been 10 years pretty much since the start of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Two movies per year. Oh, <laughs> two movies per year because they're, they're the only year we've gotten three movies was only recently after those uh, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. 22. Is that your final answer? Not when you do that <laughs> reaction. <laughs> Is it your final answer? Oh, wait. Answer? I'm going to go with my my go-to 24. <laughs> 24. You were closer the first time. Oh, it's 20, huh? It's 21. Uh, but you're so close. I'm really impressed. Because <laughs> that whole watching, like hearing you say it and play it out, I was like, oh my gosh. 21. It's number 21 on, on the, the release oh, list. Man. So you're so close. But still, the fact that you even got there. Because I did. I knew it. I knew, you know, I, what I did was I was like 10 years, two movies that's a year. That's amazing. So I was like, oh, that's 20. I still, but pause. I still give it to you. But when Iron Man got released, that was sure. the first movie of that year. Yeah. So, yeah, well. Well done, Jeff. I mean, that's <laughs> astounding. I try. You tried very well. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, we've already talked about it a little bit, but the aesthetic for Captain Marvel, um, it's changed with with every every name she's had, and so for you, Jeff, I've, I've dropped an image into our little doc here, and so yeah, you you can see the progression of of not only her power but also the eras and and um, <laughs> the way that designers kind of took the approach when it came it, to a character. I mean, like where this. did it, where was like the the <laughs> thought from from number four to six? Yeah, and so that is the binary. <laughs> That's the, uh, that's that's Carol as binary, and so there are consistent colors of authority with the blue and the red and the yellow, and then she, you know, again with the binary part, she she then dips into a black and white state, yeah. and then gray, and then um, which is something that calls that that the Rambos have called back to, Got and it. so Monica and Maria have both kind of gone into this, you know, they they took on a a. a I guess a black and white uh, uniform, and so for Carol, I wrote it down here. Um, so, so the first three. So we're looking at this diagram of twelve Carols and twelve different, mostly different suits. Um, and so Ms. Marvel one through three. Uh, that's basically the traditional, if you will. They tried to make again. It's a sexy version of a boy character, <laughs> and so it just kind of. The first two are kind of dicey as far as that's concerned and and questionable the third one is definitely the the most famous one um where 
of course, Kamala adopts her Thunderbolt-like streak from. Um, and then uh, four through six are Carol as binary. She's got the, the, the power is basically bursting from the seams. Yeah. Um, and so very quick background on that. So the alien known as the brood, they look like giant cockroach aliens. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. They abducted Carol and experimented on her Cree genetics. And so the, the genetic, the experimentation had a, an adverse effect on her um, or unexpected, really, because she unlocked a whole new tier of power. And so it's she she became so powerful that it literally started to just burst off of her. And so you kind of see that in the film. Like when she near the end where she frees herself from from the the um super intelligence, I think super intelligence, supreme intelligence. Um she she's got all that cosmic energy and her hair turns into flames, basically. And then of course, um number seven is Again, Ms. Marvel, she's had longer hair. Uh, number eight is Warbird. And so she's more tactical. It's when she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. for a brief period. And then, of course, you know, uh, that onward is all Captain Marvel. So the classic mohawk that you see even in the MCU, the short hair, the long hair, and then a very, again, a br- very brief period where she had black and white. Um, and uh, <laughs> where Carol worked as a U.S. Department of Homeland Security and played parole officer to the Thunderbolts. Um, yeah, and that's that's the more tactical look for her. But yeah, she bounced back and forth between very colorful, colorful and not, but it's still very cool. Um, and so it's giveaway time. Ooh. <laughs> if you've made it this far, if you want to win our sensational prize pack, message us on Twitter or Instagram with the keyword Chewy. Chewy. Or punch it Chewy. How about punch it Chewy? Punch it. Punch it Chewy. Oh. I, I can't, can't do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> punch it Chewy on Instagram or Twitter and you can win the prize pack. Um, we'll give you till next Friday. So good luck. There, we will go into family, friends, and affiliations. So this is where it gets kind of funny and wild because this this will really bring together both like how the MCU and the comic book versions are very different and also meld together. Um, honorable mentions to her family uh, in the comic books. You know, she's got a huge family. Oh, yeah. So we're just going to skim right through these. Um, All right. Joe Danvers Sr. is her father. He has passed away. Mari L. <laughs> and they wow. did this a lot. They did this a lot. Mari L, who was her mother deceased, uh, her siblings Joe Danvers Jr., paternal half brother. Stevie Dan- Danvers, who was a paternal half brother, also deceased. Laurie L., uh, maternal half sister. And so uh, Carol was Kara L, I think. <laughs> the Cree names not are. Even, like, not even think- yeah. They're not even thinking hard enough. There's a lot going on. Um, it's like. Icarus all over again. Icarus. (laughs) So in the comics, Carol and her father had a contentious relationship um, from childhood onward. And they reflect that in the film. Like her dad isn't in the film that much, but he was the one basically barking at her like, get up. Like we told you not to go too fast, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, while her brother Stevie, who essentially introduced her into the service in the comics, was killed in action in Vietnam. Um, so that timeline kind of puts her further back in the 50s uh, to 70s, depending. 
So we do get a glimpse of her father and her brother in the films, portrayed by Kenneth Mitchell and Colin Ford, respectively. Um, on the best friends side of things. So I realized after doing all these these uh, comparisons, I was like, oh, I didn't cover her best friends. But that would just get into a whole giant rabbit hole. So I didn't want to get too deep with uh, as far as that's concerned, especially because she actually doesn't have friends in the MCU. <laughs> so it would almost be pointless, right? Like she yeah. only has one uh, main friend. Yeah. Uh, but... It's worth mentioning that the ones in the books uh, do include the likes of Peter Parker, who apparently she had a crush on at one time. I don't know, more That's or less. That's hilarious, because not when you think about that interaction in Endgame. Bizarre. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> hey there, Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. all the strong gals, uh, as well as Jessica Jones. So. Oh, my God. All the tough chicks, man. <laughs> So crazy. Yeah. So so if if you will, you know, like imagine the MCU versions uh being besties. Um but yeah, alas, the show must go on. So speaking of Chewy, most people don't realize this. And so Chewy is actually Goose in the film. They renamed the character the kitty cat, if you will, because for obvious reasons, they didn't want Chewbacca, now that Disney owns both Star Wars and Marvel, yeah. they were like, uh, people are going to be like, oh, that's stupid. They named it after the Chewbacca. When in actuality, they, they actually did, but before the uh, merging even happened. You know uh, what I okay. mean? Yeah, so Chewie, the cat, is the Flurican, sorry, is originally from Earth 58163, better known as the House of M, Earth. Oh my gosh. So the Flurican is from House of M. Ooh. And so uh, when all that was going down, basically Chewie and Carol connected and Car he came back to Earth 616 with Carol and uh, was adopted by her. Uh, so he's he's definitely a dangerous Flurkin. Uh, in the in the the comics, like you see in, in the MCU. He has the tentacles that come out of his mouth and everything. Um, and he is played by animal actor Reggie the Cat in the MCU. Reggie. Goose. Goose. Um, and so our friend Stephen Ray Morris actually interviewed Reggie the Cat <laughs> on Iconic. his podcast. Iconic. The Purrcast. Uh, you can find the interview in our show notes. But... Um, but yeah, you know, Goose is indeed a, a reference to Top Gun, for those of you who don't know. And of course, Air Force, Carol, Top Gun, it all goes together. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, Flurkin basically have the power of deep space in their bodies. And so it's essentially this tentacle-wielding monster that can pull things in and nest stuff in their That's bodies insane. like storage. <laughs> yeah. It's storage. It's basically storage. So everything that the cat has consumed in the film is in its body in some way, somewhere, until it's not, uh, for, for lack of more imaginative wording. But uh, yeah. And so fun fact, Brie is allergic to cats. That's so funny. <laughs> so Goose is definitely CGI'd throughout most of their interactions. And, and I didn't know, I didn't realize that until I looked a little closer after knowing that she's allergic. And I was like, oh, you can, you can see it's a CGI kitty cat. But uh yeah, that's some pretty fun stuff. Um, and then there's Nick Fury. What can we say about Nick Fury? Like The goat. The goat. And so, you know, Nick is obviously one of those characters that we could go into much more in depth in his own time. But in the comics, um, 
The two have been linked since their respective early days, uh, placed in situations and missions involving Hydra, Sabretooth, Ben Grimm, even uh, the rescue of Furry... Furry? <laughs> Fury's colleague, Logan. So they, they've, they've known each other for a very, very long time. Um, they're not so deeply connected in the books, though, as many of our characters um, seem to be, you know, like we've gone through a yeah. lot of conversations where they really build these connections in the MCU, but then in the comics, they don't really exist. Um, so yeah, you know, aside shield and, and aside those interminglings of the, of the Avengers and Hydra, it's, it's not like they're like their best buds of all time, like in yeah. the film. Um, but you know, they've been in similar situations and by proxy have grown closer over time. And so, of course, Nick Fury, portrayed by Sam Jackson. Um, yeah, and then their relationship is is very easily uh, represented, clearly represented in Captain Marvel film. Yep. Um, have we even seen them together since, quote unquote, the 90s? They haven't been in the same situation since then, Endgame. right? But they weren't. They weren't in the room together. Yeah, the, the, the death scene. The, the, the were they both? Oh, they were. They yeah, were the both. Funeral. But they didn't interact. No, they didn't interact. We haven't seen them interact That's since. That's so weird. Yeah. Because he was, he has the cutscene in Spider-Man, right? He has the cutscene in him in space. She has the cutscene in Shang-Chi. Yeah. And that's uh Interesting. So they're yeah. in the same place at the same time, but no inter- Whatever, it's oh, fine. Oh, man, you can't, you can't yeah. have, you can't, you can't have everything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I. Re- yeah, that's right. And Carol was very much like she was the odd one of the last ones. Yeah, yeah. Before Maria Hill, um, I don't know. No, she was on the steps. I think. Yeah, she was on, she the, was steps. on the steps with yeah. Sam Jackson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, interesting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he probably chopped it up a little bit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know. I think it's like Nick, Maria, on one side, and then Carol's in the middle, and then Ross, I forget Thunderbolt. Oh, Ross, yeah. yeah, Thunderbolt. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, I've seen that movie way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've seen it like quite often, right? Almost every other week. Um, and so another name that might be more familiar to listeners and readers alike, Monica Rambo. Um, and so in true Marvel form, uh, Monica adopted a number of monikers over the years, years, including uh, photon Daystar and Spectre, but most recently known as Spectrum. And so her super or superhero origin is quite different than the one that we're now familiar with, including the relevance of her mother, Maria. But we'll get into that in another episode, really, because it's like a big deal. It's a big deal. She d- absolutely deserves her own episode. And so uh, in the comics, Monica is powered with extra dimensional energy. Uh, Monica wow. took, yeah, she took the the Captain Marvel helm when Carol decided to be binary. So it's like they just ship names. They're, they're just like, out here switching. Yeah. It's like Hawkeye. They're, ta- they're tag yeah. teaming. They're just tag <laughs> yeah. teaming. Exactly. Hawkeye's like, I'm going to be Ronin. You can be Hawkeye now. <laughs> and so Carol's like, I'm going to go be binary. And then she's like, you're, you're, you're Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel now. now. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, it's exactly right. And then, uh, of course, you know, these two have, have also formed a stronger camaraderie over um, over time, especially in the modern books. Um, and so, of course, you know, just a quick flashback that, you know, Monica in the MCU, she's portrayed by Akira Akbar as a young child and then uh, Tiona Paris in WandaVision. And so, yeah, the extra dimensional energy thing in the books is very interesting because, again, they've kind of taken this idea 
Yeah. And then they've crumpled it up a little bit and then they've thrown it somewhere else and then they're like, oh, you know what, actually, let's 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 try this again. And then they've made this extra dimensional energy instead a byproduct of Wanda's. I'm gonna say it is extra dimensional. It is technically right. Like that's uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. And so again, we'll we'll hopefully talk about Monica on, uh, in her own episode. Um, but another name that's very very uh, familiar is Maria Rambo. And so this is this is a huge stark contrast. First and foremost, because uh, in the in the books she was simply a seamstress. Whoa. Not an Air Force yeah. person. No, none of that. She was just a seamstress. Um, and her only actual connection to the Avengers, let alone the superpowers, superpowered was Monica. Oh. That's it. She had no... Connection. No connections yeah. whatsoever. And so while the military background has been established since the release of Captain Marvel, so they be, this is another case of them changing the comic book for Based for the on film. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria and Carol still have zero connection in the source material. Wow, zero. That's so for con- crazy. yeah, so for context, for added context, Maria has a, about ten actual comic book appearances uh-huh. since her creation, while Monica has four hundred. Holy, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so she, so so really. The relationship that they then forge between Maria Rambo and the MCU, portrayed amazingly by Lashana Lynch. I loved her in Captain. Like she's my favorite character in Captain Marvel. It's so they they really built that connection. I agree yeah. for that film. Yeah, which makes total sense. I yeah. think, especially with the time leaps and all that good stuff. And then so that that leads me to believe that in the Marvels film, like Monica and Carol, will be the best friends that. I hope so. Yeah. Or it could go the the total opposite way. You think? Oh, see, it's, it's probably going to be some friction. Sure. But, you know, but powers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And so, again, uh, Lashana Lynch as Maria Rambeau, uh, first and last seen in Captain Marvel. Although we do see her variant in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, that's right. <laughs> as Captain Marvel yes. from Earth eight three eight. Um. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, and and uh, again, like I guess my my not my beef. My beef saying my beef is is not quite the right phrasing, your, but your gripe. My my gripe with Captain Marvel is that I loved all the elements around Captain Marvel. I liked everything else, but not necessarily her story. Sure. I loved Nick Fury. I loved Coulson. I loved all the stuff that they were doing. Yeah. But I do appreciate her more now. I like her more now in retrospect. Yeah. But Maria Rambeau is a big part of why I like that movie. Yes. And so, um, so yeah. So I want to know your input as far as the timeline goes. Because so WandaVision, she passed away somewhere with the blip. During the blip. During the, the blip. five years. So in yeah. the five years she so passed away. So from 2018 away. to 23, she passed away. Right. Um, which is kind of wild. Yeah. That was definitely one of the most heartbreaking. Like that was pretty insane. Yeah. That, that was a pretty in, uh, intense cold open for, yeah. for the, one of the episodes for WandaVision. Yeah. Um, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why I saw Why did I even watch that? It might've been, I think I was watching the assembled maybe. 
uh, for one division yeah or something god what was i watching but yeah to to then have one division cover monica coming to coming back from the blip and then her mom was already gone yeah bro <laughs> it's like uh she was, was like, here just a second ago yeah but, but like, she didn't get blipped so she's like honey your mom passed away five years ago like or, or like two three or, whatever yeah it was. whatever yeah. the timeline was i was like oh my goodness um yeah so I, I i hope they embellish more and i hope we get to see lashana in the marvels even if it's just a little a flat, bit little small flashback yeah something i mean yeah give her something i mean that's like that's that's carol and monica's connector point is exactly their, you know their relationship with with uh, maria maria yeah so. yeah um then you know there's this little character called kamala khan yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so very much you know we we've again we've talked about kamala for a, a wealth wealthy amount of time in uh episode 35 yeah so uh very quickly she idolizes the superpowered but captain marvel is her number one um, the two have had a bit of crossover a lot in, you know, she's, she's shown a lot in Ms. Marvel and they've had some interminglings in the bigger battles in like a force stuff, but, but yeah, they're not, they are not deeply rooted and connected together in the comics. Like there's no big picture, like connection. Yeah. It's, it's very surface. Like you see, um, and hopefully we'll see in, in the MCU, but of course Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, portrayed by Iman Vellani, uh, first and last seen in the Ms. Marvel series. Um, and yeah, as the recording, as of the recording of this episode, uh, the two haven't interacted on screen at the same time. At the same time. However, they sort of cross paths at the end of Ms. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll definitely get an expl- explanation for that in yeah. the marvel's movie yeah but very interesting i'm very, very excited interesting. for it yeah i still find myself being like what does it mean yeah like what kind of powers <laughs> what does, does it she mean? have what kind of powers yeah. does captain marvel have or what are they experimenting with something like, and what why them happened? too why are they connected right right yeah so many questions oh yeah and so um Aside that, on top of all those friends and, and family, uh, Carol has been on a on a few teams, uh, most notably, of course, the Avengers. Uh, have you heard of the Star Jammers? By no, chance? it sounds like an incredible rock band. Though. Oh my! Oh, actually, it's kind of funny. They had a they had a fake poster made once upon a time, and it was like Star Jammers performing live. <laughs> but uh, and I hope this comes to fruition one day because. Uh, the Star Jammers basically includes a ragtag ty- you know, like team of galactic rebels that might uh-huh. sound a little familiar. Um, but their leader is Corsair, who is the father. The air fryer? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> oh, my God. He is the father of Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jeez. And my dream casting for Corsair is James Marsden. If he could ever come back, if he could ever come into the MCU, I would want him to play Corsair and then at least get, I don't know, some little cameo in a galactic film. Oh my gosh, that would make my life. But so Carol has been on that team as well as the Ultimates and even, of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Which would be amazing, but clearly it's not going to happen. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least not the iteration that we are going to conclude with. Um, 
Love interest, pretty interesting. Uh, most of these don't even have MCU counterparts, so we're just going to try and blaze through these. But Michael, Michael Rossi. Uh, so while um, while on duty, if you will, uh, Carol was testing an experimental jet built by Tony Stark that went haywire, and she was captured in Uzbekistan. Um, and while recovering from that escape, she met Colonel Rossi of the CIA. And over time, the two uh, essentially became the perfect spy couple, which is really funny because, like, the flashbacks are just, like, screeching cars and, like, leaning out and, like, shooting guns and being, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, basically. That's basically what happened. And they just drifted apart over time. (laughs) And then she got powers and it changed the game. Um, (laughs) I wanted to talk about this because I'm sure we will never see it. But Marcus... A.K.A. Scarlet Centurion. That sounds bad. <laughs> it's just bad. <laughs> because Uh-oh. I even wrote here in my thing, it's like, okay, this one is really effed up. So <laughs> let's just try and hit this. Carol once learned she was three months pregnant. Oh, my God. It was a Virgin Mary situation of sorts. It was unexplained. She was just pregnant one day. And so Carol left the Avengers, but not before revealing her identity. So up until that point... They just knew her as Ms. Marvel. And so she's like, guys, I'm Captain... I'm not Captain. I'm Carol Danvers. Also, I'm pregnant. I need to leave. And so she just leaves. Um, And so because of her DNA, because of her irradiation and all that stuff, the pregnancy was expedited, if you will. And so she... Yes. And we've talked about this, like, weirdly enough, in a Gwen Stacy episode. Okay. (laughs) And so... Carol births the child. Yeah. He's birthed to the child. And he grows at an accelerated rate. And he, it's it's so alarming that he goes from being a, a literal infant baby into a grown man. In the span of like... In the span of like maybe a week or two. Oh my goodness. Ew. Yes. Yes. And so the soon-to-be man, quote-unquote, then claimed himself as Marcus, son of Immortus. Oh. And that's another alias for Nathaniel Richards of Earth 6311, a.k.a. one of the kings that we meet in Quantumania. It's the one. Interesting. <laughs> and he's one of the main ones that talks. Yes. So there's Ramatut. Immortus. Immortus. And then I forgot his yeah. name. And so Ramat, uh, Immortus is the one that's kind of got the tall headdress. And he's like blue and purple, I think. Yeah. That's his dad. He's saying that that's my dad. Wow. So Carol gave birth to that baby. <laughs> and uh, Marcus chose Carol as he'd implanted himself as. So he put himself in her womb as a means of escaping limbo. So he was in limbo. He's like, I got to get out of here. He's like, I'm going to go into a woman. <laughs> he came out as a baby and then grew and was like, I'm free. Out of context, that would sound so like insane. <laughs> it's so it's Oh, like, I'm in limbo. Let me go inside this woman yeah, and like, plant myself my, in her womb. This is my only way out. Gosh. It's so bizarre. It's like, it's almost like Rosemary's baby. It's almost like Rosemary's Baby, but it's so much worse for some reason. And so, uh, so yeah. So Yikes. Long story short, they fall in love. <laughs> uh, we're moving on to the next one. <laughs> he brings her to Limbo, 
and it backfires because he's an idiot. And the time travel makes him accelerate and he turns into dust and dies because he's dead. So the time travel messed him up. This is why Nathaniel Richards is so smart because <laughs> he avoids that issue. Doesn't have that problem. Marcus is a dum dum. What if we see that in the Mar? I'm just oh my! Can you imagine? That's why I bring it up because it's so it's so it's so out there. Like who? Why? It's such like a why? Left, like a left field yeah. like, type of thing. It's so bizarre. And so yeah, if you want to read some interesting issues in Carol's history, <laughs> go for that one. But there is no MCU counterpart. Thank God, none, not at all. Only Nathaniel. Um, but you know who does have an MCU counterpart? Which this is a pairing most people will never see coming. Mm-hmm. James Rhodey Rhodes, aka wow. War Machine, Don Cheadle, and Brie Larson. <laughs> They've interacted too. In, They've interacted in, a, in Endgame and stuff. Just tiny, a, tiny bit. Just a little just bit. Just tiny bit. That's yeah. funny. And so uh, James Rhodes. Well, let's just call him Jim. Uh, Jim. <laughs> what up? They call him Back Jim. Back to Rhodes. you, Jim. <laughs> From the depths of space, back to you. I know they call him Jim. We are live <laughs> from the world of Kree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they call him Jim in the comics sometimes. And I was like, no, he's uh, Rhodey. He's no, Rhodey. Nothing against the people who are named Jim. Yeah. Just sounds. Jim. 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 Yeah. So, Rhodey. Rhodey was also a former U.S. Air Force pilot and Avenger. Correct. Um, Carol began pursuing Rhodey. As far back as 2014 in the Captain Marvel series. And then uh, we mentioned this in one of our episodes. I can't remember which one. Uh, Maybe Vision. Uh, But when Rhodey died during Civil War II. What? In the comics. (laughs) He dies in Civil War II. Um, Carol and Tony got into it. Because it was Carol's boyfriend and Tony's best friend. I remember we talked about this. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. And so... Carol got so overwhelmed with with the loss of Rhodey that she and Tony had fisticuffs and she left Stark in a coma. Oh, that's oh, and that's the the premise of Civil War, right? That's part of Civil yeah, War too, yeah. yeah. And then he died, and then it goes into this. Yeah, we didn't cover this in our Iron Man episode because it it unravels into a whole oh, yeah. that sounds, like copy sounds clone thing, yeah. <laughs> You know how that goes. And so um, so it's quite serious between the two. I think they rekindled somewhere in uh, the, the later 2010s comics, maybe 20, I don't know, 16 or 17. But ever since then, it, no, nothing's manifested. Whereas in the MCU, James Rhodey Rhodes, portrayed by uh, none other than Don Cheadle. Woo! Well, you know, primarily. Tanner <laughs> yeah. Toward was the first, but... We're, we're Don Cheadle fans here. So, um, yeah, like Jeff said, you know, these two have barely interacted in the MCU. Uh, they crossed paths a bit in, in Infinity War and Endgame. And then... Uh, the only line I can remember is, <laughs> he's like, hey, we're all about that superhero stuff too. By the way, where were you when I was Oh, like, yeah. There's a lot of other worlds that don't have you right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She sassed him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I told Jeff this the other day, but I was watching all the assembled that I had not 
um, caught up with yet. And I kind of like doubled down on all the Marvel content and I hadn't watched yet. Uh-huh. And so I rolled right into Empowered. And so something, you know, a, a, a really great takeaway that they mentioned in the Captain Marvel Empowered episode is that the film doesn't have a love interest, which I think we need more of. <laughs> like, oh. They really focus on the fact that she has a very strong relationship with her best friend. Her best yes. friend is the focus. The, the family that she has created and, and taken on is her focus. And she doesn't need a love interest. And I don't know that I could name many Marvel movies, let alone superhero films, that kind of follow that oh, kind of Oh, so you're of saying it's, it's nice that she doesn't have 100%. Yes, I agree. Because I she's one of those characters. You know, I think I said this about... Gwen Stacy, at least Spider-Gwen version too. Um, it's like when you start to add romance to the, the story, yeah. it dilutes the, the character itself. Yeah. And so I think Carol's one of those where it's kind of like you throw a romance into it and it's like, okay, look at yeah. Peter Parker. Look at the problems that Peter Parker has. I mean, it's also a thing, especially, like, especially if you have like a, a, a main character who's a woman yeah. and you throw in a love interest yeah. who's a man yeah. and it's kind of like, well she's her own character she doesn't need like a man to 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 be someone who she right. needs to be yeah because then she's gonna get into a place of like she's nothing without xyz yeah. right whereas she can she can be just her, her own person she doesn't need anyone else. she doesn't need a a a, a, a male love yeah. interest yeah and like Natasha, for instance, like yeah. imagine if imagine the character building they could have had with Natasha. They never threw in love interests in her path, you yeah. know. And so, I don't know. I I don't know if they'll keep that for Carol moving forward. Like I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of torn on it because I thought the same for Shang Chi, and then at the end of the film, you kind of get the vibe that they're going to push the best friends together yeah. into a romantic I hope they relationship. Don't. Yeah, same. Because I feel like they don't need to. Not like, why do you need to just have them be cute and best friends? Best friends. Why not? Love that. Yeah. Uh, now, as for notable adversaries for this character, um, she's got a lot. <laughs> so I very much decided to stick to the ones that we're familiar with in the MCU for the most part. First of which is, of course, Ronan the Accuser. And so this is more or less a no-brainer. They're related by Kree happenings. So Ronan has had his fair share of being a recurring adversary in the comic books. Uh, whereas, of course, in the MCU, Ronan the Accuser portrayed by Lee Pace, who came back from the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 film to be in Captain Marvel. Um, but notably younger and so we're introduced to a younger version of him presumably 20 years quote unquote 20 years who knows how long that is in Cree mm-hmm. <laughs> um from the guardians of the galaxy version but it is interesting you know um i think i i think he had a poster did he have a poster for that film do you remember ronin mm-hmm. yeah i think so for captain marvel i believe i believe so yeah because i think i remember when it popped up or a picture of him popped up and i was like what? Yeah. And they're introducing him so early and yeah, and he was pursuing the uh this the the space stones, you know, the infinity stones. Um as far back as 1995, which is kind That's of crazy. wild. Yeah, and he still failed. So uh, now still lost. Yeah, and Loser. he still lost. <laughs> Big L. <laughs> um uh whereas a more modern character, Modok He's truly one of those uh, evil villain types in the books. You know, it's kind of like pink in the brain. It's like, what are we going to do tonight, brain? It's like, we're going to take over the world. 
Modoc is. That's what I imagine when I see that. And I've seen some of the hundred percent. And I've seen some of the animated stuff and how he's portrayed in the animated stuff. And he's and it's like yeah, yeah. He just and that's what that's he why wants I think, to kill everything. Yeah, he's like I want to be the insane killer. Like I'm going wants- to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. It's that's how I see him. That's how I've always seen the character. Like even in the Avengers game, yeah. he was like serious. But even then, he was not that serious. You know what I mean? And so when people were so like, oh, they like messed up Murdoch and Quantumate, I'm like, but did they? Because he's still kind of funny. He does have tiny legs. Like, this, I mean, there's, there's, nothing, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing unfunny about a man with tiny legs. Funny. <laughs> yeah, he's like, chill. Because in the books, especially in the Silver Age, especially in the Silver Age, like, Oh, he's so. Hey, Modok died in Avenger. Darren, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, so so yeah, he he crosses paths with with Carol in the books, That's and, hilarious. and they've they've had some squabbles, but it's always over something like, oh, I was trying to steal this jet and did a blah blah and take Basically, over the city. <laughs> just your t- a typical bad guy trope. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a lot That's of that. Hilarious. Um, and so yeah, you know, because of her suit especially because it's like mechanical it's got yeah. some mechanical depth to it and she herself is so powerful modok is like i want that power and you know blah 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 yeah so on and so forth and so it's no surprise there but of course you know in the mcu modok is portrayed by Corey stall first seen in Hilarious. ant-man last seen in ant-man and the wasp quantumania there's definitely no crossover there there's never going to be at least uh with that version of the character who knows if there's a variant i don't know i don't think they will i don't think it's no. needed um, but it would be kind of funny. It'd be a little funny. It would be a little. <laughs> um, but on a more serious topic, we've arrived. My favorite part of this, mm-hmm. and so among Carol's adversaries, this is, I think, personally, aside one of the big bads, this is this is definitely high on her her list. Mystique and the Brotherhood of the Evil Mutants, aka Rogue. Oh. So, again, we're not going to get too deep in the weeds with this one because Rogue deserves her own, Mystique deserves her own as well. Um, But once upon a time in the comics, Rogue and Carol went toe-to-toe because of the Brotherhood. And so Rogue was adopted by Mystique at a young age Uh in the comics, and she raised her all that good stuff. And so, of course, Mystique is not necessarily a good guy. She's a bad guy. Rogue kind of got grandfathered into that lifestyle before joining the X-Men. And so she, her, initially, Rogue is not the Rogue that many are familiar with. She is the, the one like in X-Men, the film, where she, all she could do was absorb the stuff. That's uh, it. Oh, <laughs> and so there was a very long time in the comics where she was like, well, I can do this and I can do that. I'm tough, but that's all she could do. So she would steal powers here and there. And so in in an act of trying to prove herself to Mystique and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, um, Rogue decided, I'm going to ta- I'm gonna take on Ms. Marvel by myself. And so, um, you know, of course, again, her mutant talent or curse is the, the power of absorption. And so once they got in a brawl, Carol attempted to escape. And so you have to remember, Carol has flight, She's invulnerable. She's got strength. She's got all this stuff. Yeah. And she thinks, oh, I'm going to get away from this little girl. <laughs> and Rogue, all Rogue does is take off her gloves and she latches on to Carol uh, as Carol's flying away. Uh, and so 
the longer she holds, as we know with Rogue, the more she takes out. And yeah. so, um, can she give back? Uh, she has a couple of times in the books, but it's very super it. special circumstance. Um, in the even in the animated series version of this story, she gives it a little bit back enough okay. to get her back to life, I guess. If, you know, um, but but in the comics, she absorbs so much that Carol like fell. She crashed into the water of the river, and Rogue adapted all of her powers uh. so much that she drained her psyche. And oh, so no. that's why Rogue can fly and that's why Rogue has super strength because it's all from Carol Danvers. Whoa. So as a result, Rogue went a very long time, like we're talking like 20 years at least, where she wasn't sure which memories were hers and which were Carol's. Oh, interesting. And so during that time, Carol was excommunicated as a superhero, basically. Yeah. She was out of the game. Yeah. So there's a big gap where there's no Carol Danvers because uh, Rogue just yeah. took her out. She's in a coma. Um, so yeah, so that's a that's a gigantic piece of that character's that is history. Huge. And so that's why I theorize with Marvels, that is a fantastic opportunity to start introducing us to X-Men, X-Men in some form, even if it's just having Mystique in there or whoever. Um, and of course, speaking of Mystique, previously portrayed by Rebecca Romaine, and then Jennifer Lawrence in the Foxverse. Yes. And then um, Rogue, previously portrayed by Anna Paquin. I don't. I don't think any of those people are coming back. Uh, I'm open to complete recasting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So, so we'll see uh, if any of that transpires. I think that would be if they're going to pull Carol out in any way. This is the way that makes most sense. Yeah. So we'll see if what happens. Um, another point of interest is Carla Sofen in the comics, aka Moonstone. Uh, this is another character that that if they get an MCU counterpart, they're gonna have their own episode for sure. But uh, for she and Carol, rivalries really began uh, during the Dark Avengers run. And so, real quick, this is when Norman Osborn decided to create his own version of the Avengers, but they're all bad guys. Uh-huh. They're essentially a Thunderbolts kind of group. Um, and uh, Carla was given the title of Ms. Marvel. And so she she even had the costume and everything. Um, and then Carla is, uh, she's powered by something called a Moonstone, which is a, a Kree item that grants the possessor immeasurable power. And so this immediately puts them against each other. So it's like, it's like a Shazam versus Black Adam scenario. Oh, uh, got it. Easily said. Okay. That's basically what it is. And so the Moonstone itself originates from something called the Lifestone Tree, which ties into ancient Guardians of the Galaxy. So they were basically uh, these protectors that were pulled together to protect this life force. Um, we're not going to go there because it's gigantic, but maybe we'll have an opportunity to revisit it one day. But in the meanwhile, there is no confirmation on whether on of whether or not Carla appears in the Marvels, but that seems to be the big speculation that this is the movie that she makes her debut in. Oh. And to double down on that, the rumor is that Zowie Ashton, Tom Hiddleston's partner, oh. is rumored to have been cast as Carla Sofen because she's in the movie. Oh. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the same person. I was so like, I guess we will see. <laughs> yeah. And also, how fun is that? We have like a couple, a legitimate couple in the MCU. Oh. <laughs> that 
Yes, Tom Hiddleston. That is true. And, yeah, and Zoe. Very true. Yeah, so, and I, I met them because they did a Broadway show with Charlie Cox. That's right, yes. They were all together, so it's like... Plotting. <laughs> I was like, mm, somebody got an in. Somebody got an in between the two of them. She, they were like, hey, we know this fantastic actress. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she could be Moonstone in the MCU. We don't know yet. So we'll find out very soon, I think. Uh, another familiar name uh, in the comics, Talos. So he is the scroll that we meet in Captain Marvel. But I will say he's quite a bit different when it comes to comics. Um, whereas Talos in the in the MCU film, he is very much a traditional like sort of scroll. He he shapeshifts, he does all the things. In the comics, he does not have that ability. So he had kind of a Loki effect where uh-huh. he was born into this royal family of sorts uh, when it came to the scrolls, but he couldn't shapeshift. So they were immediately like, oh, he's a runt. <laughs> but unlike Loki, his family kept him around and, you know, he lives on. Yeah. He's, he's here and there. Um, and I think I believe in the comics, they actually become friends of, of some sort. So it's kind of interesting how that worked out. But another entity that we're not going to get into today, heck no, oh my gosh, the Skrulls. (laughs) Um, This would be a significant semi-deep dive. So uh, that would sprawl into the Secret Invasion, the Kree-Skrull War. And it's going to come soon. Yeah, we're going to talk about all that. (laughs) So so stay tuned for another episode for all of that. But, you know, the Kree and the Skrull, they're weaving all these, these domains together in a slightly different way when it comes to the MCU. Uh, which of course Talos and R. Keller. <laughs> I laughed when I put this because I was like, crazy. I remember just remember him as Keller, but his name is R. Keller, and I was like, R. Kelly. <laughs> Ooh, yikesies! <laughs> R. Keller. So Talos and Keller are portrayed by Ben Mendelsohn in the MCU, uh, first and last seat in Captain Marvel. God, every time I say Captain Marvel, I want to say Captain America very easily. Was um, that the last time you were seeing? Was he in? Wasn't, was he in? Is he in Spider-Man? the? Cut? Oh, so yeah, so Spider-Man: Far From Home. Far From Home, right? Yeah, that would be the last one. Uh, and so yeah, in the MCU, he's a Scroll General who collaborated with Marvel in order to save the Scroll refugees from the Kree Empire. Um, there's there's a little overlap with that in the books, but I don't think it was Talos himself. I think it was another group of Scrolls that might have been in the comics, but. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. Um, and of course, he undoubtedly plays a bigger part in the next phase. So uh, he'll be returning with the release of Secret Invasion. And we'll see more of Talos and what happens to the scrolls from that point on. And so we mentioned uh, Supreme Intelligence at the top of the show. And so this is definitely one of the more notable adversaries when it comes to Carol um, in the books. But it's actually more of a Captain Marvel thing. Um, so... Real quick, Supreme Intelligence in the books. It's so funny how these people, how people conceptualize, right? Like the pulling the adaptation from the books and creating a real life version. Yeah. In the books, Supreme Intelligence is literally like a blob of a head. Uh huh. It's giant and green, and it has these like tubes sticking out of its like for hair, and it's it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, it's like thread like spindles that. They then kind of adapted into the film. So, you know, like when she goes to talk to the Supreme Intelligence? Yes. She's wrapped in all that stuff? Yes. Imagine that, but just on a floating head. 
Oh my gosh. That's the comic book version. Oh. Yeah. And so uh, Supreme Intelligence itself was created over a million years ago by the Kree with the intention of creating a cosmic cube to combat their enemies. Imagine that. Um, And so, of course, the Kree's mortal enemies are the scrolls. So it was basically created to be a weapon. Um, How dare they? (laughs) And we briefly discussed in our Eternals episode how the Inhumans were part of this whole evolutionary reckoning that would put an end to the Kree race. And so um, in the comic books, the Supreme Intelligence had this premonition that someone by the name Midnight King would end its existence. And the Midnight King in the comics is, his true name is Blackagar Boltgon. Wow. AKA Black Bolt. Wow. So that's how they all get into it. Another another story for another day. All these <laughs> characters. They're all coming deserve, together. <laughs> they deserve to just cross over at some point. I know. It's so wild, but I, I I like seeing it from your perspective because I'm I get to see you absorb the information yeah. as I'm telling it, yeah, and I can see how you're legitimately connecting all the dots, and you're like, I know these names now, like you yeah. know the characters now, and so you're putting 100%. them. It's so cool from my perspective. I think it's it's such a nerdy thing, but I think it's rad. No, but but yeah. it's like we we have faces to some of these names, so yeah. it's like. Okay, yeah. if they if they if they interact in the comics, like yeah, what's stopping you from you know exactly in and, the MCU? And Maria Rambeau is a perfect example. Like they barely have a connection in the comics, but they were able to create this really intricate storyline. Oh, like it's pretty much Carol's like yeah, it's you know? her world yeah in the movie. And so so yeah, to for the even smallest chance that we might be able to see these sort of crossovers is is interesting so the inhumans we're waiting for the rest of them we'll see if this ever transpires again that poor poor show oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but uh in the mcu supreme intelligence so we never get to see it in its quote-unquote truest form yes it just takes on the form of uh of wendy lawson dr wendy lawson who was portrayed by annette bedding um who was first last first and last scene in Captain Marvel. And so in her human form, Annette um, played Lawson, but was known to the Kree as Marvel, which again is the gender gender swapped character from the comics. And so Supreme Intelligence seemed to emulate who Carol respected most in her life. And so it didn't have a bound appearance. It was just like a, almost like a shape-shifting yeah whatever it just pulled an image out of her brain um and so of course marvell is another rabbit hole in itself a gender swapped character that predates carol about a year um i don't know that we will go into marvell because i mean they kind of laid it out in that film too yeah like the whole backstory yeah and like yeah her secret and everything yeah. sure i don't, and, I don't and, think they need to it is they, yeah. they said what they were supposed to say yeah exactly and, and the story is very much you know the now which is carol and so and we've covered enough about marvell in this episode so um but yeah so like uh very much like talos and in, in the, the the scroll uh mentioned just above yeah marvell attempted to save the scrolls with the power of the ter- tesseract backfired and in, in like the comics 
Carol got irradiated and she absorbed the energy and boom, you have yourself a Captain Marvel. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but of course, one of the, the, the bigger adversaries that Carol faces in um, the books and the comic, uh, the comics and the movies uh, is Yon Rog, uh, who we mentioned at the top of the show as well. Um, he largely dealt with Marvel in the comics. Like, Again, there's more of a, you know, not a 50-50 split, but maybe a 75-25. Um, but he has his fair share of fallouts with Carol as Ms. Marvel. Um, and yeah, again, it's it's he's almost the catalyst of, of creating Ms. Marvel because it was his <laughs> ambition to kill and destroy Marvel that led to the explosion that led to Carol getting yes. irradiated. Yes. So he played a part. And of course, uh, portrayed by Jude Law in the MCU, which I kind of forget sometimes. I was like, we have Jude Law in the MCU. He's in there. <laughs> That's so weird. Um, first and last scene in Captain Marvel. I do not believe we will ever see him again. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Honorable mentions, of course, to uh, Diamond Hanso as Korath. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, I should have looked up the pronunciation of this person's name i'm so sorry but alginus perez soto as atlas which is atlas another one for you jeff uh rune tempt as bonchar and one of jeffrey's wifey's gemma chan as minerva uh and the the, the lot she's of the, them portrayed Star she's, Force. The first per, she's the first person to play two characters in the mzu right? i i this is the funny thing because i'm not sure if this was before or after i'd seen crazy rich asians but I, I was like, I, yeah, I had to have been after. I was like, heck yeah, she's in the MCU. This is going to be awesome. She's going to be so good. Minerva is really cool. And then she barely got screen time. Yeah. She had like four lines. Yeah. And then they killed her. Yeah. I was upset. Yeah. I was like, the whole Asian representation on top of it too. And I was yeah. like, they just straight up killed the Asian. <sighs> Yeah. So I was kind of mad. And then they were like, well, I think she deserves way more than that. 100%. So, boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That could have played a part as to why I hated the movie at first. But, th- yeah, I-, I remember tweeting about, like, I was like, yo, you wasted Gemma Chan. Like, wasted her. Yeah. That wasted that talent in, in such a terrible role. Not terrible, but a small role. It's a super small really role. A bit, Minuscule, bit part. yeah. Yeah, it's a bit part, you know. Um but yeah, I'm glad that they brought her back for Eternals because she's so much, she's worth so much more than what they gave her in Captain Marvel. Um, but yeah, all those characters are sub-characters in the comics as well. Uh, I don't think we'll see them at all uh, again in the MCU. They've done their part. Um, and of course, Jan Rog himself is the reason why Carol, like the comics, got her power and, and became half Kree in the first place because in the MCU... He actually, uh, I don't, I don't remember if he distinctly gave his blood, but he, he made sure she got a blood transfusion. Yes. Uh, that made her a hybrid to save her life because yeah. she absorbed the power. Yeah, I don't remember if it was him or not. I can't remember, but, but yeah. So he still plays a huge part in in the uh, conception of the superhero. So thanks, Yon Rog. Um, and then, of course, last but not least, at all, Thanos. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Though, yeah? Were you going to say something? No, no oh. yeah. He's definitely uh, an adversary. Yeah. <laughs> and so, funny enough, in the comics, similarly to Yon Rog, um, Thanos actually dealt with Carol's predecessors uh, for a majority of his comic book history and not really 
Carol directly until Civil War Two again, because he oh, also yeah. yeah he also contributed to to Rhodey dying because it was this whole thing of like a, just the that that scenario where had things been one second different, it would have changed uh, everything. Wow! And so it was like it was just as much of a curve of a bullet like. Rhodey launched up and, you know, She-Hulk miscalculated or something. I forgot what happened. Then that led to Thanos actually impacting Rhodey. And then that's when he fell from the sky and he wow. died. It's, it's very similar to what happened to him in Civil War. I know. The film. I was going to say. When Vision took him out of the sky. Very Rhodey similar. just be dying, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I mean, obviously Rhodey he's not dead in the MCU, break. but he'd be taking a beating yeah, in the sky. taking a hit. Yeah, that's, that's why I remember seeing that. I was like... Is he gonna die? Because <laughs> he didn't I survive. I thought the he was fall. gonna die too, and yeah. I was like, "Oh shoot!" There has to be a version of that where he died. There has to be a version of that script because maybe, maybe in Armor Wars, <laughs> maybe maybe they do fall in love. Maybe they do date. That would be so wild. <laughs> it just, would be wild. Just, uh, just Don Cheadle and just Brie Larson. That'd be so crazy. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, they do fall in love, and then boom, he dies. And then he dies. <laughs> I know, yeah, see, talking and about now romantic on plot this points. Kill mission. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna kill whoever did this. <laughs> Exploding into binary form. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and then possible. passes, and then passes the the Captain Marvel to boom, <laughs> to Monica. Monica. <laughs> yeah, there see? you go. Then see? you have the third Captain Marvel movie or the that, Marvel see? movie. <laughs> you've you've revealed it. We're yeah. just like writing the MCU right now. <laughs> We're putting it into the the universe. I wonder. Right? I mean, they'll probably never ever. But if like someone on Marvel like ever listens to this and we hear our like wild theories, and they're probably like. Damn it! They figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you imagine? And so yeah, of course, Thanos primarily portrayed by Josh Brolin in the MCU. Uh, first seen in the Avengers. Go. Last seen in Avengers Endgame. Or what if? Depending yeah. on which one you're following. He dies in both. So. <laughs> yeah, he dies in both. And then I just put not. I didn't put anything here under Thanos except for I mean dot 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 dot. That punch. I mean, that fight was pretty. That was dope. That was a sick it fight. It was dope, right? And I love that Captain Marvel got because technically, because technically, Captain Marvel is the only one that can kind of go punch for punch, hundred percent with Thanos. Yeah, like if you like, think about it, that shot of Carol. <laughs> yeah. When she, when it's the perspective of almost behind Thanos's shoulder, yeah. and she's got his hand. Yeah. And she just goes. And like she, she can't, and, and, they, and he can't. He's like, "Oh shoot, I and he's can't like, beat her." I was like, "Oh cr- crap!" Yeah, and, and she then. she does this move that she actually has. I believe she has in Marvel versus Capcom Infin- Infinite, where she can jump and dive punch. Yeah, and she does that to him in the movie, and I was like, "I love Carol right now." That was a really. I thought that I was really, really cool. I know it, people yeah. like probably like like didn't like it because they're like oh deuces machina of course captain marvel just comes out of nowhere exactly to help save the day yeah 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 but it's kind of like well there was really no one else that could like no one else could have done that (laughs) no one else could have saved the day like that because she's literally again irradiated by the cosmic cube yeah which is the space stone yeah you don't I mean, if you think about all the stones, right, and what there's only two, I think, heroes that are powered by yeah. by the stones. Mm-hmm. It's it's Wanda and Wanda and, and Carol. Carol. And yeah. Wanda was already and they're both and Wanda ones. was about to to beat Thanos too. Yeah. but you know, you took everything fire. from me. But uh, our troops <laughs> just do it. Yeah. See, yeah. like if he didn't, if he didn't have his backup, 
she would have yeah, Wanda would have got been him. dead already. And the only reason why Thanos got Carol anyway was because he literally had to take the stone off. Yeah. He the needed power the power stone, stone and then hit her. To have enough force yeah. to, to hit Carol. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Like, it, like come on, guys. Let's, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's put together the details here. <laughs> Wait, only, are you left-handed? I'm right-handed. How can you... I wish I could snap with my right left hand. I can't do that. Oh. We're Thanosing. <laughs> See, I can, I We're killing a uh, million yeah. people right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I think I think people They're the only two people. They're the only two that yeah. can handle uh-huh. Thanos one on one. I don't know if people realize that. I really don't. No, they they thought it was an easy way out. Oh, like it's like, no, you're no. you're a misogynist. Let's yeah. just call it what it like, is. I don't really no, think, they yeah. are quite literally the only two powered enough to have done that. Carol's the only person that can fly <clears throat> through this ship and destroy it like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, no yeah, one yeah, else yeah. would have been able to do. Would, yeah. would have been able to do. She took out what I, I saw a statistic online. It was like she took out like three hundred Kree <laughs> soldiers or whatever soldiers and that ship in seventeen point five seconds or something. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Captain Anders, Marvel. You could use your assistant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So so she is a powerhouse. She is clearly a powerhouse. And 100%. sorry, Thanos. Um, and so, yeah, you know, that brings us to, to other versions and in other media, really like the, the only one that we you know, the only ones that we really need to talk about here are again, the video games. So, so yeah. Carol appears in, uh, multiple video games, including the recently released midnight suns. I still have not played it, but I saw a preview today because they just added Morbius to the character line. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got fed that one. <laughs> um, but she's in that game. As well as, again, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, uh, where she plays a lot like Cyclops, Psylocke, and Spider-Man put together, if you're familiar with that. And uh, she's voiced by great Delisle Griffin in in that game. Um, but the most notable variant version of her, of Carol in the MCU, especially, is on the Disney Wish cruise, where they have this entire, I guess, dinner show, if uh-huh. you will, Oh, called yeah. Avengers Quantum Encounter. So this thing is apparently at least the screen time. So if you if you don't factor in the meal service and all that crap, it's about 22 minutes long. It's like a small featurette. And so it's it's something we've mentioned in a couple of episodes actually. And so um <laughs> if if you remember what Tony the cast member that works at Avengers Campus told me, yes. He 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 let me in on the insider baseball that the cast members of the Disney properties are have been equipped with this knowledge that Iron Man is alive at Avengers Campus and in this me- these other various parts of mediums because they're part of the multiverse. So the Carol that we meet in this Avengers Quantum Encounters, another Carol, but it's the one we're familiar with as well. Uh-huh. And so Carol interacts with the Wasp and Cap, Sam Cap, in this quantum encounter. And so I watched it. I sat down and watched the entire thing because I was like, actually, I'm actually very interested in this. And so if as as it goes about, you start, you're introduced to Ant-Man and Wasp and they're telling you all about this new yes. thing that they built in the lab, and uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. And so um, the, I forgot who the adversaries are, but they came to steal the device. And of course, our superheroes come in for the rescue, right? Yeah. And so... Wasp 
drops in she's kicking butts and taking names and then cap comes in and does the same and then things get really dicey and then here comes captain marvel uh-huh. swoops in saves the day yeah goes binary she's she literally says to sam she's like give me a second and she takes out like 12 people that's right <laughs> oh they're ultron bots yes they're ultron bots. I, saw, I remember seeing yeah that. and so she takes off and then just as she takes off kamala arrives and, and that's like, oh, did you yeah see did you see captain marvel and the funny thing about that whole thing is that it looks like they're all on a, sc- a green screen stage together yes but apparently it was all filmed individually because they had to film them yeah they had to film them uh in between films their own projects yeah so that they would about right yeah that's kind of that's kind of wild i'd love to see the behind the scenes of that but yeah so they would film brie while she was between takes or films whatever on her own time and then yep. they filmed them all separately brought them together with movie magic and uh it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and so it's it's also pretty rad to see them all in one I mean, little we'll thing see. together hopefully yeah. they all get ah, together soon yeah. So, you know, aside that, you know, we haven't seen any of those characters, at least in that particular cluster, all together on a screen together, except for Endgame. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see in the future, especially with the Marvels. Yeah. Um, as for Carol, yeah, what do you think is the future of the character in the MCU? Um, still think she plays a big part. Sure. Like 100%, because she's still... The, one of the most powerful she's also one you can't just sunset yeah you can't just sunset at Captain yeah you, she's just way too powerful like she is mm-hmm. the if not the most powerful and character they, right now and i feel like they've also given her a really good reason of where when she's not there and just like you said there are other galaxies that don't have you guys yeah like and unfortunately they away. don't have you yeah and she's kind of like the keeper of the cosmos exactly boom trademark patent that <laughs> Pay me my money. <laughs> Jeffrey trying to make me spit take in the middle of recording. <laughs> Keeper of the Cosmos. I love that. It's really good. Of the co- so it's yeah, uh, yeah, no, like, yeah like her job is never done because yeah. there's only one of her. Exactly. Literally yeah. only one of her. And she's, she's unique. So powerful. She's so empathetic. Mm-hmm. She's not like a power hungry, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, person. Yeah. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see a great deal for her, especially after the Marvels comes out. Yeah. We'll see where she kind of weaves in and then come Secret Invasion maybe mm-hmm. or come uh, Secret Wars, Kang Dynasty. Yeah. Because everything's going to be gonna, wild. That's like, the, that's like the, that's the culmination of everything that we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be even bigger than what we've seen in Infinity War and Endgame. Exactly. So we shall see. We shall see. And of course, the first chapter of this We Shall See drops November 10th with the arrival of the Marvels in, f- in theaters. So, yeah. yeah. Um, almost was. <laughs> this was an interesting one. So, in, in the MCU, a number of people almost portrayed Captain Marvel, um, some of which are were even surprising for me. But the list started with Natalie Dormer. Well known for her role in Game of Thrones, I liked her a lot. Um, she was also Carol, in, uh, huh? She was in the first Avenger too, right? Doesn't she play the? Or am I thinking of another girl? Oh, you know what? She, she did. She, she plays was the girl the, that she plays the girl that that kisses Cap. Cap, yeah, yeah, that's her. So she uh, almost played uh, Carol, uh, as well as Rebecca Ferguson from Dune, and and a number of other projects. I could see that too. Yeah. Uh, Katie Sackoff. She's a sci-fi queen. She's in the Mandalorian. Yes. I was like, isn't that Bo-Katan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And of course, fan favorite Emily Blunt. 
Gosh, she's in the running for everything. She really was, Holy though. Crap. She honestly was for both Black Widow and Captain Marvel. Um, so she was really the one that that uh, she was in the top running because she was rumored to have been up for the role um, over the years, as far back as 2011. Um, but, you know, she never said yes. <laughs> and then what happened with Black Widow? Like, she was filming another yes. movie, so she couldn't yeah, do that just either. Yeah, scheduling, basically. Mm-hmm, basically. And so, uh, yeah, so, so no. So the, they, they, uh, the other secondary in the running was allegedly Yvonne Stravowski. Um, most people will know her from Handmaid's Tale. She's the, the wife of the, the main awful person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, she's been in a, a, a number of other projects. She was in, uh, Tomorrow, what was that movie? Tomorrow World? What was it called? Edge with- of Tomorrow? Tom- that's no, Emily Blunt, sorry. The one with, uh, yeah, the one with Chris Pratt. Um, she was in that film ah, with him. Got it. She played, spoiler alert, his daughter. Oh! Um, but I, you know, of all the names, Yvonne was actually my number one. I remember, I remember that whole thing going down. Um, she was my number one, but Brie Larson, again, like I said, Kills it. She nailed it. She got it down. It. Down to the her. sharp jawline. Love, love it. Love her. Love to see it. Um, and so some suggested reading. And so, you know, I, I guess I failed to mention, like, you know, Captain Marvel isn't exactly a character I'm very, very familiar with, but I've read a few of her titles. And so uh, I went digging and and honestly, the, the best runs are the most famous ones. And so I would be, you know, it would be a miss to not suggest first and foremost Kelly Sue DeConnick's run runs of this character. And she is, by the way, while she's not like a co-creator, she's definitely one of the most prominent writers when it comes to Carol. Yeah. And she's the one that has the cameo in the film. Oh. So when Carol is in the subway and she's oh. looking for Nick Nick or the doppelganger of yeah, yeah. the scrolls, yeah. she passes by this woman with almost electric magenta hair like Uh, walks by her that's kelly sue deconic and so she's iconic for that hair color um and so yeah her 2012 and 2014 editions of captain marvel self-titled comic uh volume seven and eight if you want to get granular with it uh with dexter soy as well as um 2015's captain marvel and the carol Corps with Kelly Thompson and David Lopez are definitely the ones to read. Um, then, of course, there's the classic issues, you know, 68 through 75, 77, um, as well as A-Force uh, with G. Willow Wilson, who is also, you know, one of the top writers for Ms. Marvel, um, with Marguerite Bennett on uh, pencils and my friend Jorge Molina on colors. Loved A-Force. Oh, I really want to see that, like, come come full force as as something at some point yeah it's got to yeah. be something like even if it's a short series or or film i would i would love to see that and last but not least kelly thompson um will officially be ending her historic run of captain marvel with a double-sized finale that comes out this june so Woo! yeah if you want something really really good there, there's that coming out in june get it once it hits the shelves and that's sad <laughs> That's the end of the show. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Carol Dan Veers. Veers. <laughs> See? Exactly. 
Beers? Bears. Goddamn beers. You can't control your power, Bears. <laughs> I can't control. Yeah, there's something about Jude Law, man. Forever. Oh my God. Him in closer. I uh. think my favorite part of that movie was the ending fight scene. He's like, come on, Bears. Yeah. Like, no powers. Just casual com- <laughs> combat. And she's like, Psst, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was hit. like, yes. And he's down. Thank you. And he's down. I know. And I was like, what? And I was like, I appreciate that. And I was like, thank God. And finally. Said, like, we don't need this hand-to-hand combat yeah. stuff. You have you have powers. Right? Like you Use ex- them. You expect to have this big blitz yeah. of like CGI up the wazoo. And it's like, no. She takes him down with one hit. And she's like, I have nothing to prove to you. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, actually. Love it. <laughs> We're good. Love We're it. good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. Woo. Next episode. Okay. Uh, so this this was hilarious because I actually wrote the original winner uh, before, but we ended up putting up some polls and let the listeners decide. And it very swiftly changed, changed the outcome. So it looks like our next episode will officially segue us into the X-Men. So join us in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Jeffrey's telepathically sending you a message. Um, <laughs> join us in a couple of weeks for our next character study on the mutate magnate himself, Professor Charles Xavier. Charles. <laughs> Charles. Charles. Yes. The goat. <laughs> uh, we are Groot. Salute to Katie, Ashley, Andrea, Ed, Nats, Claire, Laura, the Arachnid, Choco MG2112, Eve, Jenny, Ariel, Tyler, Joe Liz, Robin, Andrew, and Melanie. Woo! Follow us on social at STRKCNTRST. And if you like what you hear, review, rate, or subscribe. Thank you guys for listening and hanging with us. We will catch you in the next one. Catch it. Bye. Bye. Do you know what time it is? Can't sleep. There are tabs for that. Yeah, but then I'd be sleeping. Want to fight?